You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's uh, exciting in the studio because we have real people in the studio with a, a story to share. We get to continue the story of agricultural consultancy in East Africa. Mm. I have enjoyed the story and we have more to share today. Uh, more volunteers who have served and a, a new volunteer who's making plans to go in 2020. So excited to share that story. Stick around. Plenty to share with you today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio today, the Waymeyers, uh, Dale and Lisa, have served as LCMS International Mission volunteers with agricultural consultancy in East Africa. Dale, Lisa, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour this morning. Thank you. Nice to be here. Tell us about your interest and experience in agricultural consultancy. What, um, what background do you have and connections to the whole ag world? Well, as, as we were thinking about the opportunity to do some mission work, I felt like it really made good sense to me to try to do something that would build on your strengths. Everybody has strengths. And I happen to, to be farming and have a seed business, and so obviously my strengths were in agriculture. And Lisa has been right there with me all the way, so uh, she was uh, very tuned into everything that we were doing as well. How did that that uh, lead into being short-term missions how, missionaries? How did uh, what was that path toward becoming missionaries? As I think about life and things that we do and the blessings that we've been given over time, how can we use these? And, and, and sometimes these blessings are just something as simple as what are we good at doing? Um, and I just happened to be in agriculture, and so I, I started doing some homework on checking what the Lutheran Church would have available that I could use my strengths in some fashion to not only spread the gospel, but hopefully uh, bring some value, some knowledge uh, to help uh, grow some other opportunities in, in, in this field. So um, that's kind of where my mind was. And then we typically, I guess, as I think about missionary, we think long-term, maybe a year, two years, five years, but all of a sudden this term, short-term mission trip, uh, came to the surface, and this is very different. And as we kind of looked into it, I realized, you know, we actually could decide, do we want to go for one week, two weeks, uh, a month, mm -hmm. two months, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. and, and that creates a lot of opportunity in our schedule to try to make a good fit there and and plan something so my my interest took a new new level at that point realizing that something like that was available through the church mm -hmm. yeah and we've talked a bit uh with our other guests about agricultural consultancy what that actually looks like what that means but um lisa tell us a little bit about um from your perspective ag agricultural consultancy and, and how that fits in with being a missionary well, um, the, uh, we went to Kenya, and we wanted to go. The agricultural consultancy, um, they have three different uh, points. It's basically to spread the gospel, to train the church members how to better feed their families on their very small acreage farms, and to also build relations between the LCMS and the Lutheran diocese, the parish areas in the country that the short-term missionaries are assigned to. So those are the three points of the agricultural consultancy, and that's what we kind of went in there for. Mm -hmm. So once you knew that this was what you wanted to do, 
How did you start making plans to serve as short-term volunteers? Um, what were some of the first steps you started taking to become uh, volunteers with Agricultural Consultancy? Well, first you um, fill out the forms and such, um, your volunteer forms and such. And then we were um, put in contact with Krista Young. She is the volunteer coordinator for East Africa in the LCMS, the Office of International Missions. And she gives you the different, um, your reading requirements. There's books to read. We also had a Saturday where we spent with the missionaries um, and did a lot of training with them. And, you know, just so excited to hear their stories and have them talk about their past experiences um, with the mission work. It, it was just fabulous. And uh, there's documentaries to watch. So they do prepare you quite well for it. Leave it to the DCEs to give you homework to prepare. <laughs> That's great. Way to go, DCEs, for uh, being educators and helping us prepare. How did that homework, that you, those assignments that you received, how did they help prepare you? Oh, they helped a lot. I mean, really, you need to have some understanding of the culture. And whether it was the documentaries that we watched, the, the books that we read, uh, it really helps prepare you uh, for what uh, life is like over there. And so then when we did get there, there wasn't the big surprises. And we said, oh, I read about that. I've seen that you know, in, in a documentary or something like that. And, and that's very uh, important, I think, so that you can focus on what your intent was when you get there rather than, than trying to figure out different things that I didn't know about this or didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. it, it, really, it really is a very vital part of the program. Yeah, that helps when you have some cultural background, so you're not uh, blindsided by things that, that uh, you wouldn't even think about um, with these cultural differences going overseas, especially when you're going to um, to help people. You don't want to go in thinking you know everything about somebody else when you, when you might not. <laughs> well, and just a, a simple example, which we didn't know, but we were prepared for it uh, as a husband-wife team. Um, they tell you and prepare you that in public you really don't physically touch each other so to speak you don't hold hands you you don't put your arm around each other things like that but you're seen together and uh, that's an important little factor if you didn't know that ahead of time you could really put yourself in a situation where this isn't what i wanted to have happen mm -hmm. uh, sometimes just simple things like that yeah yeah that's great um tell us about the the, the people you were able to serve with the the um, preparation that we did was so helpful, and, and I would describe it this way. I'm not sure it's very accurate, but mm -hmm. it's still kind of fit for me. In Nairobi, it's a city, very modern and similar to any other city that we would see, fairly similar here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other extreme would be really out in the country where there's still more tribal uh, activity and uh, communities like that. And then you kind of have a middle zone. And we were really in that middle zone. We were in a community. We actually were in a church building where we taught our classes. Um, the folks were Christian. The missionaries previously had done a tremendous job. And so uh, it made our job a little bit easier from that standpoint in that we were able to just reinforce our Christian values that we weren't teaching them for the first time. And, and that, was, that was huge. Um, so we were kind of in that, that middle zone, which uh, obviously there's, there's a lot of different areas out there, and you could go into something much different than what we experienced, but it was a good fit for us. They, they did their homework, uh, planning. Krista worked well on planning it out and knowing us and what would be a good fit for us, so it worked out well. Mm -hmm. 
So what were some of the things that, that you got to do? You said you, you were in a church building and that's where you did a lot of your, your teaching, um, or interaction. Tell us what were some of the things that you talked about that, uh, tell us some stories from your time together with the, the people you served there. We, we actually had a pastor assigned to be our interpreter. Uh, the primary language is Swahili, and so he traveled with us all the time. We also had a driver of our van, um, so he took us around. And uh, we, the, the, the visits were primarily a two-day visit in a congregation, and the people were invited to come. Uh, it was fairly common around noon. People keep coming in, but around noon, you could have 25 to 30 people there. Very interested in agriculture uh, because there's two things that really drive their livelihood over there. One is food, providing for their family, and the second is water. And, and so the agriculture piece that we were able to bring, they were very tuned in. They were very interested. They wanted to see examples. So a day kind of started. We would stop at Pastor O'Keary's house to pick him up, and we would actually go in his garden, and uh, we would pull some samples of some corn plants, maize. They call it, it's, it's a white corn, but it's called maize, and uh, take examples with us. And so then when we're in front talking, we can hold it up. We can show them what we're looking at, and they, they loved for you to just bring it up closer. I can really get my eyes on what you're talking about, and... Um, it was very well received. So usually it was like a two-day visit in, in, in a congregation, and then we go to a different village, and, and it was set up again, so they were expecting us. Lisa, tell us about the, the people that you met there. Um, what, what opportunities did you have to engage in conversation? Obviously in the formal setting where you're, you're teaching about um, agriculture, but were there other conversations you got to have outside of just the, the formal teaching? Um. Mainly, it was basically the formal teaching, like before and afterwards when you're greeting. Before you went to teach at a church, you always met with the church leaders. You had the pastor, the evangelist, and the leaders in their church. So you met before you begin your teaching session with the formal introductions. Everything there is very formal. Um, so, And then... Of course, afterwards, you know, after they people come up and then you get to visit and, you know, kind of talk a little bit afterwards. Um, on the one day, we could hear singing as we were finishing up, wrapping up the day, and we're like, oh, we hear singing. So as we finished, we went outside, and there were 30 children out there mm -hmm. just singing, and they were all lined up um, singing, and one had a little drum. They were playing it, and as we went out and, and dancing, and dancing mm -hmm. yes, they sing and they dance. It was just amazing, and that was in Swahili. Beautiful. And so we listened to it for a while, but we were, went back into the church to pack up our things. And so the children all filed back in, into the church, and they stood up front, and they continued to sing. And that was just, that was so amazing to see these kids. It was, you know, 85 degrees out, and they're mm -hmm. standing out in the sunshine out in the churchyard, just singing and dancing, you know, um, dancing as they sing. And so when we went in, and they just continued, you know, until we were just waving our goodbyes, and they were still singing and, and dancing. And that was, that was really neat. Yeah. You you mentioned Pastor um, Okire. Mm -hmm. um, tell us more about his family and, and what um, what this this type of thing uh, means uh, for for someone like him and his family. Well, um, Pastor Okiri was our translator. We um, He rode with us every day to the teaching locations and such. Um, he and his wife had seven, have seven children, mm -hmm. and so we got to visit with them um, in the mornings and in the afternoons. And uh, this means a lot to them because they produce the, what they eat. I mean, they produce their food. And it was kind of neat as we go from place to place, the different locations teaching over and over, 
he was becoming, he was, you know, teaching it as well because, you know, people would ask questions and since he was our translator, he'd speak. And uh, at some point they were asking questions and he was answering them himself. (laughs) So it was very good. Um, He was getting the lessons. He was very exuberant, very, um, very interested. And the people there were so interested in learning and to um, and to God's message. Mm-hmm. We're talking about agricultural consultancy in East Africa, talking with short-term missionary volunteers, uh, Dale and Lisa Wehmeyer. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue to share their story and meet one of the new missionaries who's headed out in uh, mm-hmm. February 2020 uh, to be a part of that as well, a part of the uh, the next trip. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking about agricultural consultancy in East Africa. It's a... uh, effort from LCMS International Mission and volunteers, short-term volunteers. Today, we're talking with Dale and Lisa Wehmeyer, who have served uh, on agricultural consultancy in East Africa and uh, sharing their story, their experience, and also uh, get to introduce as well a new volunteer who's headed out in February, Gwen Zagor. Gwen, thanks so much for joining us in studio this morning. It's really fun to be here. Now, as you hear, as you finally get to meet the Waymires, you've been planning for this trip for some time and, yes. and getting to meet them and, and hear their story. Uh, as you hear them talking about what they, they have, you know, the opportunities they've had in East Africa, what are you looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to meeting the people over there, seeing where they're coming from. Uh, this is something that I actually thought I would be doing Oh, say 27 years ago. (laughs) When my husband went to seminary, we actually thought he was going to be an overseas missionary. Hmm. We spent 27 years of his career in Michigan, yeah, uh, which was very awesome. Um, Those people are our family. Um, And this opportunity kind of fell in my lap when I got to go to the fall conference with my husband uh, last November in San Diego and met Pastor Shawin Trump, who's the regional director for East Africa. And he introduced me to this whole concept of agricultural consultancy. And it couldn't be more of what I 
thought I would be doing someday. <laughs> and you just happen to have a degree in what? Natural resource management and the minor in soil science. Oh, well, that sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so what a, an exciting opportunity to get to use all of those things. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, to, to, you know, to live out your vocation as a, as a baptized child of God, to share the good news of Jesus, yes. and to use your, your degree and experience in uh, natural resources and, and soil science. How exciting. It is very exciting to take those things and combine them, our, our love for Jesus, his, the salvation that he's given us as a free gift, and share that along with the agricultural end of it, um, hoping that our work over there will help the people, like Lisa and Dale were saying, to better their crop production, better their harvest, um, and at the same time be able to not just do that as a secular agency, but sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ as you do it. Dale and Lisa, you mentioned earlier how important it was to you to get to do this too, to be able to share the gospel um, and and so closely connected to something you've been doing for a long time as, as farmers. Tell us a little bit more about the preparation for the trip and then the, the uh, you went for two weeks uh, and there are a lot of logistics to that as well. So paint a picture for us. Tell us the story of um, you know, being on the ground here to getting on the ground there and what that looked like. I think the, the church, the training that we had was extremely good. Uh, the material that we read to prepare us for what the culture was like, the training then of the material and what to expect as far as the teaching goes, the physical facilities, we didn't really know for sure. I think my, my, one of the most important things for anybody going is just to be flexible. You, you can't be rigid. Uh, you first have to, as we would go in, we would start our sessions with, with a short devotion, a prayer, and every day we ended it the same way. But as we went into an, a, a congregation or with a group, we always asked questions. Tell us a little bit about you. What's your experience here? So, so that we can kind of think about our material and, and make sure that we build uh, a presentation that's going to be of value to them. So, so we would spend time doing that. One of the things, just a little story, but one day we were about to, we could see that we were going to wrap up about one o'clock at this. They always feed you at noon <laughs> or around noon. And um, we could see that we were going to be wrapping up about at one. And so uh, Dr. Brennan passed the word along, you know, you tell the women that you don't need to fix us a meal today. We'll, we can pick up, you know, pack up and we'll head out and uh, we'll get our meal, uh, you know, on the way back. And uh, the leader of the church says, no, you don't understand. You are a blessing to us. And if you leave without eating with us, you take the blessing with you. Hmm. And we stayed and we ate with them. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's really neat uh, to be able to feel that appreciation and their desire to, to uh, share that with you. And, and one of the neatest things, I think every church that we were at, they said, tell your people back home that we're praying for them. Mm-hmm. And you think, wow, you know, yeah, we need prayers, mm-hmm. but we're trying to be here for you, and our congregation is praying for you guys. And here we hear the same message coming back. How Absolutely. cool is that? Yeah. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. no matter the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit more about um, the things that you were teaching them. Um, th those of us who live in the city may not understand. I mean, agriculture is agriculture to a lot of us, um, but, but your background is in uh, seeds. Um, what, what kinds of things were you, were you teaching sure. them? What, what is important for them to know? Sure. Um, first of all, you have to realize that uh, because of tradition and history, um, their their land ownership on each family keeps getting less and less. Mm -hmm. uh, when there's a marriage, the father is obligated to give the son uh, some of his ground. And, and this is a very old country. So over time, their ownership has gotten less and less. So we're, we're, a lot of the folks that we were dealing with had maybe a half acre to one acre. That's wow. all that they own. And they had to utilize that to provide food for their family. Mm -hmm. So they really were interested in how can we take that to the next level to try to improve our yields and then secondly the storage side that's mm -hmm. a real issue with insects and things like that so our approach was trying to steady uh the talk to them about fertility uh, how to increase the fertility how to actually make fertilizer uh, how to plant your maize or your corn how deep to plant how to space it out mm -hmm. how to fertilize it um, and take care of it. We've seen a lot of corn plants, and here in America, we, we've done a very good job, I guess, of becoming educated on how to grow a good crop. But when we see corn that's as tall as I am, and it's tasseling, and there's no ear on it, that's a bad day because that plant is obviously taking up space in the garden, but it's not created any food. So trying to help them understand how do you get that corn plant to put that ear on it. And then the other piece of it is there's a real storage problem over there uh, with insects getting in the harvested corn. Uh, we actually took a, had a bag with us and we found it actually in a village, so that was a great day. Uh, Purdue has developed, they call it a, a pick sack. It's, a, it's actually three bags in one. So you put your corn in a bag, and that goes in a bag, and that, those two bags go in a third bag. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, they've really been able to increase the shelf life and the ability to keep weevil and insects out of the grain. Because even if they, it was common, if we would ask them, how long does your supply last, you know, it wouldn't last a whole year. And then secondly, mm -hmm. they could lose a half or less. Actually, even though it was harvested, it got lost to insects. Mm -hmm. So that was a really a powerful message for them, too. So we really talked about trying to increase the yields, how they do that, how to store it, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm fascinated. I know. I am, too. Now I, I want to know the rest of the story. <laughs> Lisa, you look like you have more to add to the story. Well, I do. Um, you know, they were talking about insects, and they're talking about, okay, we put our seed, our corn, our maize into this bag, and then all of a sudden we've got bugs. Where do they come from? So we're talking about um, Dale and Dr. Bremen are de describing, you know, weevil and talking about it. Well, we had um, picked up a couple ears of corn the day before. And as they were talking about it and talking about how the weevil gets on there, lo and behold, I, I call it a God moment. I mean, there was actually a weevil on this ear of corn. <laughs> so not only, so then the guys could take it around and everybody wanted to see. If you show it to one person, you show it to the whole group. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so they got to actually see this bug crawling in there. And the guys were explaining, you know, you know what the weevil does and how he lays the eggs. And, you know, later on it hatches when it's in, the, in there. So it was kind of really cool that they could actually see and they were being given, um, you know, a living... Uh, you know, show and tell <laughs> with with that. So that that was kind of that was kind of neat. God provides little, um, you know, 
tools for us to continue the story. And right there, it was really cool. Now you're planning to go back. Is this correct? Are you are you going back? We are not going back this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, after this trip. Um, we have been added to the team of U.S. Uh, what would I, should I call it? mission trip planning and uh-huh. development. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people that really need to be uh, touched and and, and uh, spend time with over there, and so my mind takes me to thinking, you know, how can we expand this? And uh, so. Uh, working with Delano and Linda, they've done a fantastic job over the years. Uh, Dr. Brennan done a fantastic job. Um, we're all on a team now, and we are developing more curriculum and you know having things put in Swahili language, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how can we teach more people. So right now, that's kind of got our focus, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, if we can be successful in that, maybe I reach more people than actually being over there, but. We will see how, how time goes and how our schedules go, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure, still greatly involved in the mission, yeah. still yeah. serving, yeah. And, and greatly involved. Uh, Gwen, now that you've heard their story, <laughs> what are you? Uh, what do you picture? What are you looking forward to in terms of you know matching your you know using your your um, soil science background and and all of your education. Um, how are you preparing? What are you looking forward to? So many questions to pack up in two minutes. Well, um, like Dale and Lisa were saying, there's all the reading that we're supposed to do um, to learn about the culture um, so that we don't go over there with this attitude of being superior mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the people. They know so much about their ground and their crops and what they need. Um, so my goal is to go over there and listen to them, find out what it is. Delano and Linda... Uh, are a great lead to follow. I'll be learning so much from them as mm-hmm. I go. Um, I think the first few days, Del and Lisa can tell me, I will be doing more listening than I will talking to find out what it is that they do need to hear mm. um, and how to give them the knowledge they need for that area. I will probably be in several different areas Dale and Lisa were there for about a week on the ground, right? And I'm, I'll am i be there longer. My whole trip is almost three weeks. So we'll be in different villages, and they're going to have different issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, there's also, besides the weevil problems, there's uh, weeds in their field. There's one particularly called witch weed that's actually a parasite on the corn plant. Mm. There's... Um, there's some ways that they're trying to get them to integrate other crops that actually kill the witch weed. They plant a lot of corn, which depletes the soil of nitrogen. So they're encouraging them to plant legumes that actually put nitrogen into the soil. There's so much. I'm not sure where I'll be and what it is I'll be needing to teach. So I'm hoping to, I probably won't know that till I'm on the ground. Sure, sure. Well, Listeners who want to support the agricultural consultancy in East Africa, you can call the donor care line, and that's 1-888-930-4438, one 
1-800-930-4438. And you can pledge, you can make a gift to support the agricultural consultancy in East Africa so that we can continue to support our brothers and sisters in East Africa and help them learn uh, the, the great skills that they need to, to support their families. Well, thank you all for being our guests and for sharing this story. We'll also share information in the program notes about how to contact Mission Central as well. If mm-hmm. you want to make a gift that way as well, we'll, pre- we'll share those in the program notes with the, uh, the on-demand audio on our website. Yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Dale and Lisa Waymeyer. Thank you so much for your service as volunteers and for being our guests on the Coffee Hour. Thank, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Gwen, thank you so much for being our guest and God's blessings on your preparation and your service. Thank you so much. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.